less stress, more time, more money. Welcome to the Cash Flow Contractor. Deep Dive. I can say stuff, man. I've reached that age where I can say anything like that. They just write it off. Are we going to start with that? I don't care. Sure. What, okay, that's what we're starting sure. with. Sure. I'm not. Welcome back, Martin. Thank. Glad to be here. Yeah. <laughs> Been sitting here for hours. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is great. Oh, man. Did you uh, Did you catch that that fight last night? No, I didn't. This, I didn't even this will remember what was going on. and was recorded. What's that? This That will give away when this was recorded. The Logan Paul versus Floyd Mayweather. No, didn't see that. I saw Billy Bob and the football player over at the... Never mind, that's a different fight. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, Floyd made $120 million. Do you know how much Logan Paul made? $20. 20 million for just fighting. And what's crazy is Floyd like could have probably killed Logan if he really wanted to. Um, but he knocked him out at one point. Would you get in the ring? With... And he had to hold him up to like make it not look as bad. <laughs> Would you uh, get in the ring with, with him for twenty million? Yeah. Seriously. And yeah. Mm-hmm. I, Even though brain damage, no I, longer. He's not going to give me brain damage because, I mean, I mean he could give me brain damage, but it's it, it's going to be too easy for him where he just punches me in the stomach and I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So kidney damage, liver yeah. damage ruptured spleen but no i'd do it for 20 million why not because if you're not well i guess for your estate you yeah. very much concerned with Maybe 20 get million some life money. insurance yeah some disability insurance then you go fight yeah i was saying earlier that when i was at a well high school and college boxing heavyweight boxing well it wasn't all heavyweight but that was the biggest the thriller in manila and muhammad ali and yeah. foreman and frazier I mean, they were just unbelievable. And then it just kind of went away, or at least in my world it did. You know, it's kind of funny because in in business for marketing, it used to always be that revenue was just how you judge things. That was the only thing that mattered. And now you've got all these crazy metrics. You know, it's like, what is it? The 10-point must system? Is that how they score boxing? I guess, I don't know. Well, there you go. I get, yeah, yes, it is. I mean, maybe it wasn't last night, but it has been. I don't know what the hell. The 10 point must, I don't understand. I need to Google that when we're through because they'll say, that round, I've got that round 9 8. 9 8? I don't, anyway. You completely ruined my transition, Martin. No, I didn't. I brought you right into how difficult it is to measure the metrics in marketing. Is that where we're going? Maybe I was it's a just little gonna, bit like the ten point must system only I, it can be explained. I was just gonna say now there's all these different like metrics that you try to that people try to tell you matter and you don't know if they do and all that kind of stuff. So it's like the ten point must system. Maybe you have to so. figure it out. Maybe so. Should we start over? No, it's all right. That's a that's a really hard transition. <laughs> I didn't know if it was gonna work or not, but it didn't work. Um marketing metrics that matter is our topic today. Right. What uh what are some metrics that you have heard that you have no idea what they are? Well, even before we get to the specific metrics, the thing people always want to know is, am I wasting my money? Is it an expense or am I making an investment? I mean, people want to know that. 
right. because every month they write that check for marketing, and if they're not immediately apparent that they're getting more than their money back or that it's going to work, they can get pretty edgy about it. Me right. too. And so some of the obtuse metrics that I hear about are clicks and bounce rate and uh, page views and visitors. I mean, I think I kind of understand those things, mm-hmm. not all of them. But I also sit and I say, well, why do I really care about page views if I didn't make any money? Right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's just a few. I can just, in my mind's eye, see these metrics guys pull up. And I don't know what they are, and I don't know why they matter. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a in, an, in an age where there are so many different channels where you can find customers and sell your product. By channels, I mean things like you can do TV or radio or Facebook or LinkedIn or your website or Google Ads or yellow Home pages. Advisor, Yellow Pages. I mean, they're, they're all different channels, and there's so many things that you can do. There's a metric for every single one. You know, what's my price per lead? What's my cost per click? What is, how many likes did I get? Did anybody share this? Uh, how many impressions were there? And there's so Matter many fact, things. That's a really good one too, because what the heck's an impression? Well, you're gonna cover that, but what is an impression? Yeah, there's, there's so many different things there that um, you can be uh, lured by and even convinced that things are working, but they're really not. And so there's some marketing metrics that matter. Uh, I don't even know that we're gonna cover all of them because it's almost a subjective thing to your business. Uh, what's, what matters to my business may not matter to yours, but once you start talking about that, you're really getting into some of the ones that aren't as important, um, more of the vanity metrics. Uh, but what's a vanity metric to one company may not be a vanity metric to another, but there are some that just matter, right? And so we want to cover what those are. What do you think are the marketing metrics that matter? For me, it's pretty black and white. Did I make more money from my marketing than I spent on it? Yep. In other words, revenue, yep. income. Revenue is absolutely one of the... And of course, margins from it, that revenue. Everything must be tied back to, to revenue, and if you can't tie it back to revenue, it's a sign that it's a vanity metric. Um, what do you mean by vanity metric? Uh, I mean, something that is, it's, I've never really thought about it a definition, I thought it was just always so clear. It but, probably is. But, but it's something that uh, really looks like it's important in its face value, but when you look behind it, there's nothing really that well, it's something that you're going to tell your buddies on the golf course or in the pub or whatever. Yeah, it's something that people like to brag about. It's like, kind of like sales. A lot of vanity metrics a lot of times will have a percentage, right? And so they'll say like, man, my website traffic increased by 400% this month. Well, it only had five visitors last month. Right. So or we went to 20 visitors yeah. and we increased 400%. You know, that would be an example of a vanity metric. Um, you know, another good metric would be like impressions like wow our ad had you know 300,000 impressions last month but we only had one click well why do we need one imp- or 300,000 impressions just for one click like we're not doing something right so that would be another vanity metric in some cases but it all depends on your business your industry your goal for the the ad or for the marketing tactic 
and then you can start to talk about what's vanity, what's not. So, um, but you're absolutely right. Revenue should be the primary metric for marketing. Um, Matter of fact, just from my not being a marketer approach to it, a lot of times I view all the other metrics as substitutes for for revenue. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I know they're more valuable than that. Uh, but that's basically what I... So I can't show you that you brought in $300,000 worth of sales for this $1,000 ad. So I'm going to show you that you got 300 impressions. Right. Something. Well, if, they are more useful than that. They're, they're, they can be very useful, but at the end of the day, your revenue should always be following those metrics if they matter. Mm-hmm. Meaning if we're getting a lot of impressions, sure, maybe a lot of people didn't click right away, but in three months, we should see, a, see a the, 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 the needle move correlates. a little bit yeah. because people saw it three months ago. You know, And sometimes it does, like let's on the impressions ad basis, it, maybe it takes one person to see an impression 10 times before they take an action. And that's just a part of how your market works. I don't think that's the case all the time with contractors, but sure, that's great. You know, Maybe the, the purpose of the ad was just to get impressions, right? Maybe you just wanted your you know, ABC Electric to show up every time somebody was on Facebook because you wanted to be top of mind whenever they needed an electrician. Well, great. you know. But those ads typically won't cost as much and it shouldn't be your primary focus either. It's something that you do as brand awareness after the fact that you've already driven business. So if we can't always rely on money, at least immediately, I like, I like that you brought up lag time. Yeah. I mean, but there should be some correlation yeah, absolutely. within the visible future. But what are some metrics that matter? Well, I mean, you just work backwards through the pipeline, right? So if revenue is, is what we're ultimately after, what's right before revenue? Well, closed deals, right? Maybe we have a, a lag in our uh, our payment times, but we can count on closed deals. So you want to track what are our closed deals. Well, before that, you want to also look at how many deals are we creating. Well, before that, we want to look at what are our qualified lead, how many qualified leads are we getting, and before that, you want to look at your your lead source, right? So where are these leads coming from? And are we driving money on the channels that we're putting money into, mm-hmm. right? So there's all kind of pile up, but you can kind of just look at the funnel and see you know, what's working. So I'll go back through those really quick. Deals closed, that just means you know, if you're a remodeling contractor, how many people signed and said they're gonna, they put a deposit down, they're gonna work with us. Those are the, the deals closed, right? Um, if those are going up, then revenue is going to go up, right? Mm-hmm. If you work backwards from there, deals created, meaning your salesperson has a good prospect that they know that there is a deal that they can win. It's just a matter about closing it and getting that deposit. That should be a leading factor as to how much revenue you are going to get down the road, right? It would be crazy to think that you ran an ad today as a contra- as a remodeling contractor. Because of that ad, revenue tomorrow is going to be 3x what it was. No, like there's a lag time there, right? And so you have to consider that as you look at your your metrics and and you're judging them. But uh, deals created is another really good one. Before that, you've got qualified leads. So that can be people that you're meeting at a networking event could be qualified leads if you had really good conversations with them. But for your marketing company, you're going to want to have marketing qualified leads, people that are 
either filling out a form or calling or being referred directly from something that you did marketing wise. Maybe it was a social media post, maybe it was from a customer review, maybe it was from an ad on Facebook or an ad on Google. Um, those are your qualified leads. People that are reaching out to you, those are gonna be your inbound qualified leads. You can have outbound qualified leads. Uh, there are some marketing services out there that essentially act as cold call sales services that could also generate qualified leads. Mm -hmm. um, but those are things that you'll wanna look at as well. So those are really, you wanna, those are great marketing metrics because they're directly tied to revenue, right? Some other good marketing metrics, I, or sorry, I mentioned lead source. You're gonna to wanna, to, a, a good thing to know that really matters is where are these customers coming from? Where are these deals coming from? Where are these leads coming from? If a lot of your leads are coming from, uh, let's just say Google ads, and you know that you're spending a good amount of money there, but you're also getting a good return on that money, then that is a good metric that matters. You also want to look at what your percentages of closing, like your close rate, is on those leads. Hey, wow, we drove you know, 25 leads from our Google Ads last month, but our close rate on those leads was 10%. Well, you're only getting two and a half projects for those 25 leads that you essentially paid for. So if you go and you look at hey, Facebook actually drives only 20 leads, but we have a close rate of 50%. Well, we're getting 10 projects from Facebook, but we're spending more money on Google Ads, we should probably convert that budget over to Facebook. So it allows you to make more strategic decisions with your marketing and where you should be spending your ad dollars primarily. But even, you know, maybe your content performs better on a specific channel than another one, and that's where you get the most leads and et cetera. If you're, if you're following those things, it's going to help you make better decisions as far as marketing and where your ad spend is, uh, where you're putting your energy in. So close rate is a really good one, um, or conversion rate, if, if you want to follow that, same thing. Then um, you also want to look at lead percentages, you know, how many people are converting into lead. Um, the, the two next ones that are extremely important marketing metrics that matter, but are a little bit harder to track if you don't if you're not organized are customer acquisition costs or CAC CAC is what it's commonly referred to and essentially all you're doing there is you know you can break it down by channel or you can do it as a whole if you start by doing it as a whole how much money did we spend on marketing mm -hmm. i i personally wouldn't include my overhead with that so if you're paying for a marketing hire you're not including them in your customer acquisition costs and I wouldn't include an agency in that. Um, it's up to you to determine if you want to include softwares in that or not. You uh, would not include an agency? No, just because it's labor. I would consider that more of a labor cost than a customer acquisition cost. You can do you know, customer acquisition costs, including labor and software, to get a really holistic view of, man, mm -hmm. I'm spending this much on my labor and my software. That, that's kind of me. my preference is just know that this is how much I spent on marketing and this is what I what I got for it. Right. But what you're what you're seeing the the issue with that, if you if you take that into consideration, it's an inflated number in reality. If you take it just on, hey, this is what I spent based on uh, ads, for example. This is my ads customer acquisition cost. Mm -hmm. 
now I know that, man, if I ramp that up, it was an overhead cost for my labor and software, essentially. Stay the same. They stay the same. It's like like a variable cost. Exactly. Where, oh, man, I'm spending all this money and it's not working. Well, hey, if you spent $1,000 more, you could get even more results, but that customer acquisition cost just went way down uh, in terms of you know, your spend based on labor and software. So maybe you track both numbers, they can matter in your business. My preference would be to just look at the, to mainly yeah, these, focus on the uh, ad spend one. Had a discussion on a different topic, but the same situation. And my point is, was to this morning, and I think it'll be the same here, is whichever way you do it, just do it the same so that you can see if you're making changes. Exactly. Don't, don't be switching up. But that idea of customer acquisition costs is, huge because from a big global standpoint customer value minus customer acquisition cost that's what you're getting yeah absolutely and that that's a number i think very few people know and it, this is where some people run Small into to, and yeah absolutely but it's also a point where a lot of businesses get into trouble because they think about customer acquisition costs by channel sometimes which can be super helpful right we want to know how much it costs to get a customer from facebook versus linkedin versus Google ads versus, you know, a paper lead service. But when you break it down by channel, now you're really having to focus on your attribution reporting, which, hey, did this person come from Facebook? Did this person mm-hmm. come from, and what they miss out on there is that there are so many people that come to you as referrals based on things that you did. You didn't know. That you didn't know, that you right. can't attribute. And so it's, while it's good to look at channels and it can be helpful for decision-making, all those things, you have to consider what the just total customer acquisition cost is. And if there was any benefit from these other channels in, in one way or another, don't think that, you know, just because your attribution report says it came from here, that's not entirely, you know, true. Maybe someone saw an ad 20 times on Facebook, but that's what led them to search for you on Google to find you on the Google ad. Right. You know, so everything plays a part as you're going through marketing. So know the customer acquisition costs and then know the channel customer acquisition costs on a less important level, in my opinion. I agree with that. So uh, another really good one is lifetime value. Contractors don't always experience this because they're not always having repeat customers. But if you're in the service trade and you know, you're always doing electrical work for the same GC or you're all, and you found them through another place um, or through one of your marketing channels. If you um, are working with maybe a property manager, that would be a, a good case for showing lifetime value. But if you're doing a kitchen remodel for a homeowner, it's not likely that they're going to have a huge lifetime value. Um, yeah, I think it's important to uh, draw a distinction between the two types of customer value. One's a transactional value, mm-hmm. which for contractors is more important than it is for Coca-Cola, let's say. Sure. Because you might only do one customer, but you can recover your entire cost of acquiring yeah. that customer in this one remodeling job. Coca-Cola, and I, I'm just pulling these numbers out of the air, I saw them maybe 10, 15 years ago. They might spend $20 a year acquiring customers. Yeah. But... They acquire a customer who buys a $1 Coke 20 times a month, right? right? So a buying a Coke does not pay back the $20. Right. But once they've got you buying Coke and hooked on whatever the newest flavor is, I don't know if they're new flavors, uh, 
you'll they'll recover it over the lifetime. Yeah. Many times over. Many times over. Because you're going to be a Coke customer Absolutely. for 50 years. It just it mainly matters if you have repeat business or not. And another way to track it uh, is not just by repeat business, but by referral. If you're really good at tracking your referrals, which is so important for contractors, you can start to tell, man, because I got that person from that Google ad mm-hmm. and they referred us to seven other people, that Google ad really brought me this much business, right. you know? Um, so that those are some really good ones to track. I'll run through those again. Revenue primarily. Qualified leads, if we're starting at the, the bottom or the top of the funnel, I guess. Our qualified leads is a big one. Um, then we're going to want to know deals created, deals closed. Um, other good things to know are deal source or lead source and customer acquisition costs, lifetime value. Um, if you want to break it down even further from qualified leads, you can look at how many phone calls we're generating. That's a really good one for service providers, uh, service contractors. Uh, form fills is probably another good one for people that are scheduling appointments online, whatever it is. Um, and then referrals, like we just mentioned, is another really good one to know. So these are all of your marketing metrics that really matter. But let's say that you're really, you know, you're maybe you just hired a marketing person. You want to know how well they're doing. Or let's say that you just hired an agency and they said they were going to be doing X, Y, Z for you. And you want to make sure that they're actually doing those things. These are really marketing production metrics that I would measure. Um, again, these a lot of these can be a vanity metric for you. But if you're really just wanting to make sure that your marketing hire is actually doing their job and getting some things done, or your agency is getting some things done, these are good things to, to look at. And there's even metrics inside of each of these that really matter. Um, if if there's, it's again, subjective to your business. If they matter to your business, then these are things that will matter. Um, the, the metrics that are inside each of these. So I'll just kind of go through these. For a contractor specifically, I would want to be measuring customer reviews. How many customer reviews are we getting? And you don't want to just stop at customer reviews because what if I got you 50 customer reviews and they're all one and two stars? Like It's going to do a lot more damage than it is good, mm-hmm. right? So you want to have five star reviews Um, which I'm going to take a break real quick here and say a lot of contractors don't understand how their work implicates their marketing. If you are doing really bad work and you're expecting your marketing company to get you good reviews, it's almost impossible. Like you are going to get bad reviews. People only leave reviews usually one of two times when the work was above and beyond over the top thriller way too bad and they are pissed and they, they want people to know it. Yeah, I think you know? there's an old stat. There, People are 26 times more likely to leave a bad comment than a good. Mm-hmm. And that's not said right. Somebody who's mad and wants to leave a bad comment is 26 times more likely to do it than somebody who's pleased. Yep, absolutely. You have to ask for the, the and customer that, that's, reviews. That's a good thing in passing is that Google reviews are so powerful because they're really hard to get. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They're really hard to get. They're, they're, they're not something you can just get overnight unless you're I mean, you people know, will promise you and look you in the face and 100% do it. And then they don't. And do then it. they just don't do it. And I think they don't know what to say, all kinds of things. Yeah. But. So, and it, again, this isn't just Google. Um, it can, Facebook is a great place to get reviews, especially if that's a channel that you're really active on as a company. 
Um, you know, Yelp can matter sometimes. Places like BuildZoom or Angie's List or HomeAdvisor or uh, Porch, uh, Thumbtack. Depending on what you're doing, there's all these different directory sites where reviews are important. Uh, Better Business Bureau is one you mentioned in an episode recently. All of those places are places you want to be getting reviews. I would say the most important would be Google uh, for most contractors. Um, the next one is testimonials, uh, which are very similar to reviews. I think testimonials are a, a little bit, you can tailor them a little bit more. They're sometimes even a little bit easier because it's just a phone call, record the call, take notes on the call. Where do you use a testimonial as opposed to, I mean, a Google review yeah, so is a Google review and it goes where it goes. How do you use a testimonial? So a Google review can act as a testimonial, but a, a testimonial is usually a little bit more in depth. It's something where, you know, if I'm getting a testimonial for somebody, I'm going to call their customer. Um, I'm going to ask them a series of questions and then I'm going to pull quotes from their responses. And those quotes can be used throughout the website. They can be used on marketing materials like printouts. Uh, social posts, social graphics, um, and then really testimonials can lead to case studies potentially, right? Where you're using a lot of photography, you're talking about the entire process uh, from the customer's perspective and showing what work you did for that uh, job and for that customer. And testimonials are just a little bit more powerful, can be shaped a little bit more, but they're not going to be viewed as, they're, they're going to be viewed a little bit with some bias because, oh, you put that on your website, not somebody just left a review for you, right? So they matter, they're helpful, and they can really showcase a lot on your website, on your social media, on any printed materials that you use. Um, another good production metric that I would be looking at from my marketing team or from my marketing hire would be job photos, if, if that's one of the things that they've been hired to do. Are we getting job photos? Are they good quality photos? Are they getting published onto our website? Those are things that really, uh, you know, one of the most visited pages on our clients' websites whenever we have a gallery there is the gallery. It's like the homepage and then the gallery. Mm -hmm. And so people wanna see what kind of work you do. It's a visual trade that you're in. Like you're, if you're building a home, people wanna see what the home looks like and what get a sense of what it feels like. It's a visual thing. You need and, photos. And in passing, they, they recognize the difference between an iPhone photo and a professional photo. We all photo. do. We, we all yeah. do. I mean, the phones are getting much better, and they're very good, and you should take photos with your phone. And I would usually use those photos to either document a process, to use in the moment on social media, those kinds of things. But when the job before is, is good, it's not necessary, but especially after, when it's done, get the house stage, the kitchen stage, whatever you worked on, even if you're doing like electrical work, take a photo of how neatly organized the panel is and how it's labeled, all that stuff, because it matters. I mean, that really resonates with people when they're on social media and they see a photo of a neatly organized panel and they think about their panel that they have no idea what breaker goes to what. Like, it really is like, right. oh, wow, I need someone to come and do that at my house, you know? So it, it all matters. So those are really good production metrics that I would track. Are we getting reviews? Are we getting testimonials? Are we getting job photos? Now from here, this is where it can get a little suspect, right? For Especially for contractors, because you have to trust the strategy and you need to know the reasoning behind what your marketing hire or your marketing team or your marketing agency is actually doing. So if you're tracking how many social posts they post, 
Uh, depends on the strategy. This is where it's not, it's not, it's apples and oranges for company to company. Just because you post every single day doesn't mean that it is being effective. What's the engagement like? It, are, are you getting a lot of leads from this channel? If you know that you get 50% of your business from Facebook, yes, you need to be doing something on Facebook regularly and you need to see engagement, all those kinds of things. But if you don't even know if you've gotten a customer from Facebook and you're worried about if your marketing company is posting to Facebook, Tracking the wrong thing. Yeah, you might be tracking the wrong thing, right? right? Um, Articles. These can be very good, but you don't want to just be writing an article just to write an article. What's the quality like? Is it really answering a question? Is it something that you're going to be able to use as a part of your sales process? Those are the kinds of questions. It's very subjective to your business if an article was a really good thing. Same thing with a video or with a podcast or whatever it is. Um, Another one is ads. Again, subjective to your business. Is ad, are your ads actually driving a lot of your business or is it mainly for brand awareness? Uh, what's the purpose of the ads is extremely important. And then you, you really do wanna know if ads is one of your important channels, there are a lot of metrics that you wanna be on top of. You know, what are, what campaigns performing the best? Which type of ads are performing the best? What messaging is working? What's our cost per click? Um, what's our cost per conversion? Um, you know, which landing pages are performing better than others? What's our bounce rate? There's a lot of different things there that will matter, but that's if that channel is working well for you and it's a focus for your business. If you're just running ads just to run ads and you don't know if you're generating customers and you're not really spending much of a budget, there's probably other areas that you should focus on, but you do need to think about what how are your ads doing as well, um, just not as intently. Uh, last one is SEO that I've got on here. Again, there's probably many more that people can think of. But yeah, how many links is your company generating? What are the quality of those links? Again, if this isn't a primary channel for you, it's not something you wanna be over the top about, but it does matter. Um, Are we getting keywords embedded onto our website? And are we getting um, new articles out there with new topics that are areas that we wanna focus on? Those are all very important if SEO is a primary channel for you. If it's not a primary channel for you, I want to ask why it's not, and there are good reasons for it not to be. But if it is a primary channel, there's certain activities that you need to be tracking inside of SEO. So again, just to recap all of those, what I would call production activities and metrics that I would measure, customer reviews, customer testimonials, job photos, all three of those are going to be very important for a contractor. Then going beyond that is more subjective to what channels you're active on, your articles, your ads, your, your, and your SEO. Um, those are all things that they do matter, but they're more subjective in nature to what you do in your business. Um, so yeah. So what I'm hearing is as you market, you need to understand what's going on and then measure the results you're getting if you don't have money you need to know it mean, in other words if you don't have revenue income net profit yeah uh, that you can correlate with your marketing efforts then you need to look at some of the inputs which are yeah the things you just listed absolutely absolutely and I, I think primarily focus on what drives revenue learn what drives revenue and then from there the rest is good to know for strategy but it's either your strategy is working and it's bringing revenue or it's not, you know, and know that there's a lag time as well. Um, I think 
you know, for, for what we do as an agency when we do quarterly reporting for our clients, we're covering all the bases, but we're really spending time on the channels that matter for that client. Mm -hmm. So there's also a lot of metrics that don't matter. And we, we, we mentioned vanity metrics, but you know, one of my favorite things is like people getting, Oh, how many visits do we have? What it's, it matters, you know, especially if a website is a big channel for you. If you're getting form fills on your website every week, and you know people are scheduling appointments on that stuff, you want traffic to your website. And you want to make sure it's the right traffic, not from a foreign country that isn't going to schedule an appointment with you, things like that. Trying to hack a pipeline to your computer. Right. Or if you're running a really good blog and that's like a primary source of conversion for you to get subscribers and leads, all that kind of stuff, yeah, you want to look at the traffic. But if you can't remember the last time somebody filled out a form on your website and you mainly get phone calls as your primary source of, uh, of deals and leads, don't, don't sit there and rave about, oh, wow, we got you know, 20 more visitors this month or 200 more visitors this month. It could mean that there's an opportunity to open up a channel there, but it's not something that you want to, to distinguish your company's marketing. You know, Tie it back to revenue. If, if your website traffic ties to revenue pretty clearly, it's something you want to focus on you're not clear that it does find out why or why not and then choose to focus on it or not so um it's it's incredible that if for most contractors most small businesses if they can focus on even just one of the channels that they do marketing on and really hammer home on it and keep track of it and strategize around and all those things they can change their business i mean they can they can double their profit in that in that year um, just by focusing on that one channel. Yeah, I think we had an episode earlier where we talk about the things that matter are um, in calming a life or cash, having cash, having leads and being organized. Mm -hmm. But the having leads second to having a bunch of cash is the most important thing. And everybody knows, I mean, people know that intuitively, if not yeah. explicitly. And that's the purpose of marketing. And it is also your responsibility to understand what's working or not. You can't just throw money out there and then wait five months and say, I didn't get any more. Maybe you did, and you just don't know it. I didn't get any revenue from it. You need to understand what revenue or what KPIs, key performance indicator metrics mm -hmm. matter and track the ones and then improve on them. Yeah, absolutely. And just to reiterate this, I know we had an episode on the power of content, but the lag time is a is a real thing and if you're you know if you're just running ads and you've never done that before you're going to see some results pretty quickly you know but if you're playing the long game and you're doing content and you're you're doing all these things that aren't you know quick fixes the lag time is real and be patient with it let it compound over time i mean it's it's no different you know if if you have an ad spend budget there, it's a bell curve at a certain, like if you're running Google ads at the beginning, if you've never done it before, you're going to see results immediately. It's going to be great results. And then if you increase your ad spend, you'll get even better results. But at a certain point, you're going to exhaust that channel. There's not going to be more people searching for it that are going to find you, but you're spending more money. And so you're going to reach the top of that bell curve. And then whenever 
you increase your budget even more because that's the only channel you've relied on, what ends up happening is Google says, okay, well, they want to spend more budget. Let's expand who this goes out to. You start getting bad leads because Google's showing it the ads to people that aren't searching for what you do. And so you've got to figure out where the you know top end of that bell curve is, and that's where you stop or you know focus your energies on that channel, and then you have to figure out a new channel, you know. Um, and so if you look at another graph of okay, this is my ad spend; it's pretty consistent. I found out where the top of that bell curve is, and you're always going to be sitting at this level of leads that you get from Google Ads. Well, with content, the the results are almost infinite, not necessarily infinite, but almost. And it opens up so many more opportunities. And so it looks like it's a hockey stick where it's, you know, there's no really results yet. Okay, there's something coming in. And eventually it compounds and compounds and just takes off. And that's something to, to say for all these marketing metrics that matter. Just because something's working right now and it matters today and you feel like is the bread and butter of your business, if you're really wanting to grow, it doesn't mean that that's the same thing that's going to take you like it did from, you know, zero to one million. It's not the same thing that's going to take you from five to 10 million. That's a really good point. And it's not that it might happen. It will happen. Whatever you're doing for a period of time, particularly with AdWords, I'm thinking of particular people. Yeah. It does wear out. Yeah. I mean, the world changes, your competition gets on to if you're if you've got quite a little profitable niche somebody else is going to come in there but it will change i i'm just not aware of anything that's just worked forever yeah somebody's got an example out there i just don't know it yeah i mean for especially for like i'm thinking of like service contractors google ads is a great tool hmm. you're gonna get especially like uh if you're able to do if you are able to do what is it called um google the guaranteed, yeah, Google guaranteed thing. Yeah. I forget, forget what it's called. The green right check, now, but uh, Google guaranteed. Google local services is what yeah, it's called. Right, Sorry. right, right. If you're able to do Google local services and Google Ads, you're you're set on a pretty predictable path of growth, but it's not going to be what scales you to the next stage. You know, it's going to help you, you know, find a new uh, a new um, benchmark in your business. But it's not gonna get you from, you know, to two x. It'll get you to two x maybe, but it's not gonna get you to ten x, essentially, because there's only so many people that are on Google searching for you. So once you hit the capacity, it's it's not like some right. there's gonna be new demand just generated. Whereas with content, you can ge- generate that new demand. You can expand your horizon, um, and not just meet the people that are searching on Google, but you can find the people that are being referred on Facebook and. You can find the people that didn't know they had a problem, and you can find the people that, um, you know, do a lot of research and all those kinds of things. So, um, point blank with marketing metrics that matter, it follow the revenue, right? Follow the metrics that lead to revenue and focus on those. The other ones can be useful, but it's more useful for a marketer than it is for maybe the founder of a company or for the the manager. Uh, of a company it's going to be more how should how is our strategy working can we see results but ultimately it always has to tie to revenue yes sir okay that is uh marketing metrics in a nutshell that is is a confusing subject 
It uh, is. When you start looking at all of it, but I think the answers or the question I hear most often when people are looking at too many metrics is why does it matter? <laughs> yeah. And a lot of times if it's not clear why it matters, then it doesn't. Yep. Absolutely. The revenue. Absolutely. And working back from there. We'd love to hear from any listeners if there's any uh, metrics that they have questions on that they're not sure about. Or that they're using that are really effective. Or yeah, if you're using something that's really effective that we didn't mention, let us know. And we'd love to share that with our audience. Um, but yeah, you can follow follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, and we'd love to hear from you We're guys. We're going to be measuring the metrics. On all those we things. are measuring our podcast metrics. Yes, we are. So <laughs> appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening to The Cashflow Contractor. Check out our website in the show notes or visit thecashflowcontractor.com.